Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When they show a little weakness and they smell the blood and then they can, can grab them by the... You can say it. penis. Today is a very special year interview. We have a ton of listener, Twitter, audience questions. Here to my left is Renee Stubbs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also a special guest here in New York, joining us in the studio for the first time, despite many, many, many appearances on the podcast, Andrea. Petkovic. That's you. <laughs> That's me. Fashion correspondent. Cultural attaché. Um, we start today's episode, which I'm going to edit into two because it's just so long and so chock full of amazing anecdotes, funny asides, and amazingly good answers to questions um, into two parts. But we start uh, sort of recapping this year, this wonderful year that we've had, by talking a little bit about Fed Cup. Mm. The end. Uh, it's funny. We thought we were going to wrap up the year, but we ended up talking about the last event we saw because mm. it was fresh in our minds. <laughs> uh, we didn't even talk about who won the Grand Slams. Um, we really all. didn't. We didn't talk about But that. we kind of did in the last episodes. And I guess when you have episodes every now and then, you always mention it here and there. So. Yeah. I, well, just so just since this will live at the beginning of the episode, is, is there any sort of particular performance or, or things that you want to call out from the year that didn't really get a lot of attention in the last quarter of it, but still are worth mentioning? I think um, I think the, uh, you know, just the again, the craziness of the WTA, the women's tour with Bianca Andrescu. I mean, that's what she did this year Bianca's was incredible. was insane. Was Indian incredible. Wells, Toronto, she was at the Naomi US Osaka, Open. what Naomi did the previous year of this new name, this superstar. Yeah. Bianca is a superstar. Let's hope she can physically be able to handle the rest of her career. But what she did this year of winning I mean, Indian Wells and then Canada and then the U.S. Open. Are yeah. you kidding me? And the craziest match I've seen in my entire tennis career, that match, I mean, not as far as, you know, the the, the, the match itself. I mean, I've seen better matches, obviously, but the crowd and the atmosphere at the U.S. Open this year made the Osaka situation the year before even like a distant memory, if you can believe that, with, with Bianca and that crowd at the U.S. Open was unbelievable. And her mom. And... Her mom and her the mom dog. was a legend. So, I mean, a new superstar is born on the WTA tour, which is crazy. Question. Do you think a new superstar was born on the ATP tour this year with Medvedev going Ooh. the distance against Nadal and returning from America's hated, most villainous opponent to lovable ragtag, you know? I really hope so. I love him. I love that he is so weird and he's so smart. And then he... Wasn't, you know, something that I always wished Novak Djokovic would do eventually, just embrace the role of the villain. 
I would love for him to do that, but clearly he's still working on his uh, raw vegan spiritual image. So you go, <laughs> Novak. But um, but I love that the, this little kid just stepped up, and he's the way he looks is amazing. He's like goofy and skinny I call and him weird, a and he looks like a musketeer. He looks I like love an accountant, it. kind of what? a little bit. Then he has this like huge forehead where you think <laughs> does is that where he fits all his brains in? And it's just <laughs> he's awesome. I love him. I th- I really hope that he's the first one of the next generation to win a Grand Slam. I mean, he might be. It was he amazing very match. Close. And you know what I also love about him he's like a little less flashy than somebody like Tsitsipas and Zverev who are like arguably very handsome guys and yeah. have a lot going for themselves I think Beautiful girls love that well it just you know just um, the way they play is very flashy and um, they Tsitsipas is not afraid of showing his creative side Zverev yeah. is not afraid of showing some kind of cockiness yeah, and fire. confidence yeah. it's cool I, I'm, I'm not judging at all I think it's cool it's good to have different kind of uh, characters out there and then this like weird as you said Caitlin accountant guy comes out he plays weird his technique is weird he looks like he's not athletic but he runs every ball down yeah. so I like that there is a third one in this whole thing because that's what's so great about the big three or also when Murray was there and the big four that they were so different and yeah. everything so I'm really looking forward to this generation this, making this an impact the, soon the hoffen, hof, hoffentlich hopefully <laughs> sorry my hoffenhofer uh, the, the back end shove it's like he w- just hits the ball weird and then you've got these guys who are wanting to just be on the baseline or serving and volleying to win a Grand Slam. I love it. I mean, it was one of the great, for me, it was one of the most entertaining matches I've mm, watched in definitely. a long time. And then you had the Bianca situation, Serena. Yeah, this US, US Open, Open was very good. The you US know? Open really yeah, brought it up. There were a few, few dull Grand Slams. Yeah. Especially Wimbledon. Wimbledon. If there wasn't, imagine the final between Roger and Novak never happened. It would have been the dullest freaking Wimbledon ever on the men's tour where everyone was just getting smoked one, two, and one. It was ridiculous. So this US Open really saved the year for me. I agree. And also, you had a very good US Open too. It was really fun. You had a group of local New York hooligans. I did have a group of ultras. A lot of shenanigans. (laughs) And she played early every day, which was not conducive to the shenanigans of these hooligans. Because no. they often come from an East Village bar, and yeah. they're like, "Wait, you're playing at eleven? Hold on, we're we're still up. We're drunk already. Yeah, we'll exactly. Get over there, you know." And then the continuation at the Heineken bar with your dad. Yes. So um, <laughs> I got real drunk with your dad. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I was going to leave you out of being part of the shenanigans. No. Well, my dad has this thing that after every match, no matter win or lose, he goes out and buys everyone around, and then obviously the more people, the more the merrier. Yeah. So it uh, turns into riots while I'm getting a massage rent. and. Drink green smoothies filled with whey protein. I think podcast uh, recording studios make me edgy. I never wanted a podcast, but now that I'm here. Yeah, see? <laughs> okay, all right, we've got to talk uh, the whole year. Fed Cup as well. Last Fed Cup. Week. Kiki. Mm, wow. Oh, man. Love to see it. You love to see what? Australia lose? Fuck you. No, I love to see one player putting the team on her back, picking yes. up Caro Yeah, that's Garcia. been Ash Barty for two years. Yeah, well, Ash Barty had a great... They they def- they shouldered defeat very well. It, it came down to the final match. Like, that was great. That was a great rubber. Everyone should feel happy about that. But I mean, Team but France Kiki, played great. Kiki carried her team for five years. Ash did it for one and a half, and Kiki did it for five, so she really deserved the whole thing. It's sort of like 
Look, I mean, I just it's sour grapes for me. Look, I'll be honest. Okay? But uh, I, I, I agree. I agree. Look. But Kiki has played every year, every tie. It's never backed down. Benito yeah. took her out in February to put in Garcia, who didn't play for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And she still doesn't. You know, it's easy to be like, and especially somebody who's proud like Kiki, to then go out and like, fuck you. I've been carrying this team for five years and I play bad once and you take and you me, out. Put me out. And she's back here again. She puts them into the final and she wins the final single-handedly. I mean, I have to say chapeau to stay at our French. Chapeau. chapeau. Well, I also well, think like they lost the last final, right? It was yes. Caro and Kiki who lost the, exactly. the crucial doubles, doubles point. Exactly. So that was a heartbreaker. They lost to um, the Czech Republic at home, right? Wasn't that a home at match? Home. Yeah, it was played? at home. Yeah. So like they got some redemption. Yeah, I, thought I that mean, was listen, cool. I'm a, I'm a proud Australian, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to sit and watch uh, that happen over the period of time from 11 p.m. Yeah. Um, till. 4.30 in the morning here in New York mm. for me. And I watched every single point after, mind you, being about seven hours earlier, fairly drunk with you, Petco, at uh, karaoke, <laughs> um, having quite the day. And then I had to extend my day thinking normally when you get, you know, you have a big day out, you usually go to sleep around, you know, 10 o'clock. I go to bed at nine on the dot. <laughs> but, but no, I trudged through <laughs> till 4.30 a.m. I like you was said you completely, had to. No, was, do you feel like you had no, to I be did, part of it? Well, no, I, I didn't. Well, I kind of did have to because yeah. obviously I'm coaching Sam Stozer. So one of the things that we discussed bef- prior to the, the day starting was, okay, let's discuss the doubles and mm-hmm. let's talk about you when the time comes. So, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, I'm having to be very coherent and have to actually talk to her. I spoke to her before the match. So, yeah, I had to – I, I was working essentially – I'm um, trying to help my my player that I'm working with, you know, be prepared and ready. You know, it's sad because she started the match really well. First game was great, yeah. and they broke immediately, and then they got up an early break, and you thought, okay, the the tide of the crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. the crowd was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Uh, it was eleven thousand people. It was, people. It was amazing. I mean, I didn't coach anybody, but I also watched the whole thing. Did you? Just because I tennis fan. <laughs> you watched the whole thing too I watched, until four thirty in the morning. Well, I fell asleep throughout the first set of the doubles, but I watched. I saw the whole Isla match. I saw the end mm. of the Kiki Mladenovic and Ashbardi match and I watched the first set um, and then I fell asleep somewhere I want to say after the first set So you trudged through as well cause you I mean were not all the way but because I was I was really I thought it was a great narrative um, somebody like Ashbardi who ascends out of nowhere um, prepares for the Fed Cup. She could have easily called it a day after winning the the Masters, and but here she is out there in front of ten thousand people in Perth, trying to bring this home tie. And then Kiki, I just love the narrative, you know, being ditched by her. Coach. Sorry, I'm not gonna say it. Yes, but, you can uh, say it. You no, say, but I'll it's, say it for you. I mean, that's just ah, so things like that just make me angry. She told me what happened, and it's just not okay the way it went down. So, anyways, but just by being. Um, you're talking about Drop. Sasha Bajan exactly, dropping yeah. her. But just um, being dropped by him one day after she reached the semifinals in, in uh, Moscow and then to go out, win the Masters, and then win the Fed Cup single-handedly. I just love the narrative. And she's had, you know, obviously she had a really great run at the French Open a couple of years ago. You played her at the French Open and beat her, what was it, two years ago? Uh, that was Last 2014. Year. 
It was a what? couple years ago. No, 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 yeah. no, no. It was more recently. Really? You beat her like a year. Last year. You better beat her last year. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. But God, she has not you. had a great, like, great by her standard. You know, she kind of fell mm. off in the rankings a little bit. She had like a little bit of a struggle. Didn't yeah. defend some points. She and was then, playing unbelievable last year. She was top ten. She yeah. was having an incredible year, and she literally hit Paris unbelievable and literally of the unbelievable. Literally, was like on track to make the the Masters. Oh no, she was top five in the race in June, and then she didn't win one match anymore. She lost to you. Yeah. And then hadn't didn't win a match. I don't think after that. Yeah. I mean, you Mind just you just her, huh? you just just took her apart at the French. But yeah. she did because uh, I remember um, in Singapore she was an alternate. That's mm-hmm. how close she was to making the Masters mm-hmm. last year in singles. And uh, she practiced with uh, Carolina and Plushkova. Yeah, and Plushkova beat her in the practice set. I believe it was six love. Wow! And they played a tiebreak, and Carolina won the tiebreak. And you could see on Kiki's face the drop in confidence in in the matter of three months was unbelievable. Mm. So to go from sort of that, you know, curve of a high of highs in singles and then really a low to mm-hmm. she wasn't even a factor in singles anymore at all yeah. in the last twelve months. So to do what she did on the weekend was, yeah, it was pretty unbelievable. And can I just give props to Isla Tomlanovich as well? Yeah, because came, came back after a you know to get pretty rough first match. It was it was brutal. Yeah. I mean, Petco I mean, and I, I don't know. I it. always I, ho- I hate to be the one that's always. I don't know. This room just makes me edgy. But I think <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I have to criticize your captain here, Alicia Malik. I think it's unfathomable to me if that's a word. Yes, it I is. feel like I heard it somewhere yes, before. Yes, it's unfathomable. Uh, it's to me. It was. I couldn't understand the move to put a player in that hasn't played Fed Cup for this country ever, who has played Fed Cup for Croatia the last time, I believe, four years ago, mm-hmm. in front of a crowd that's 10,000 finals at home in Perth. The first match, first match, who has never experienced this kind of thing, who hasn't played Fed That's just, and she loses 6-1, 6-1. And I can't believe how she came back from that. That's like, I have the biggest respect for that. Well, mm-hmm. But I, t- sorry, that was not on Isla. This match that she loses a 6-1, 6-1, this is not on Isla. This is on your captain. You, she can't put that. And I can't believe somebody who has played Fed Cup and who is so many years around tennis to make this decision I just don't understand and especially when you have somebody like Sam Stoser who is so experienced on mm-hmm. the team and who has a winning record against Kiki Mladenovic mm. why don't you put her there because I believe even if Kiki wins 7-5 7-6 and not 1-1 one and one, I want to see with what kind of confidence she goes out the totally. next day and yeah. if she can win this match 7-6 in the third and this one's on Alicia Malik I'm sorry I'm sorry Alicia I still love you but <laughs> I wouldn't have done it that way what I, do you think I well, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's always easy to second guess after the of course. after the weekend. But um, I think that uh, the matchup wasn't great for Isla in some respects because uh, you mean game plan wise or tactical? Yeah, tactical. Ta- the way that Isla plays, certainly, especially with her serve, it, it wasn't going to be great if she was nervous. And yeah, you'd have to say that she was going to be bloody the most probably the most nervous she's ever been in her whole life. Um, because you and I have both played Fed Cup for mm. our country. So I've played singles and doubles, and it's an out-of-body experience. It's yeah. first match. Nothing, it's, there is it's, nothing like it. You can't, you can't even prepare, and you can't emo- – you- I mean, I actually spoke to Isla quite a bit that week and just to sort of mentally try and prepare her for this mm-hmm. moment because it is – you don't want to scare someone, but you but you, you want to scare them. You want to be ready. But no, yeah. you, you want to scare them because yeah. you want them to realize that actually no matter how positive you are throughout the whole week, oh, you're going to be fine. It's not. You're not going to be fine. Everything's going to be over the top. You're going to feel like you're having an out-of-body experience. She's never experienced – 
anything like that in especially Australians we're very parochial and mm-hmm. very you know patriotic and you know she has all of those players sitting there and you're not used to that as a player you're not used to seven eight twelve people sitting just on the, off the court yeah. they're p- pulling for you wearing your country's colors so yeah. yeah I mean look I think what happened the second day was after she had you know experienced that, that whole moment um Obviously, was a lot more prepared, and I think the matchup for her with Parmentier. I mean, I have to, I have to question the the, the captaincy from France on from that Benito? second day mm-hmm. because I don't think I think that Garcia experienced what what Isla did the first day, which yes. was to shit herself against the world number one and get crushed, Getting but, blamed. and she's not only, confident. But neither's Parmentier. So why only, would he put her out on the second day? The only day? way I can explain that is I think that Garcia, because that happened in our team a bunch of times, that Garcia after being crushed went to him and said, please don't put me, I can't, you know, because mm-hmm. she was probably so embarrassed and yeah, felt so bad. Yeah, but why would bad. she be then okay to play the doubles? And then she would, I, that's what I believe. I would believe that she told him, like, please take me out of singles. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on the doubles in case it comes down to two all. I'll be ready for doubles, but take me out. That's how, because you're right. The matchup, I think what you were talking about, Isla's shot, shots when she's nervous go tend to go to the forehands of right-handed players. And that's Kiki Mladenovic's best shot. Mm -hmm. On top of that, if you play to Kiki and give her a slow, high, neutral ball, that's what she loves most with her forehead. And Isla's forehand is loopy. So Mm -hmm. it sits up up if somebody is Which is difficult for a lot of players because most players don't like... Exactly. A heavy ball to the forehand because most most women on the WTA tour have way better backhands. Yeah, but with Kiki, in this it's matchup. like give me a forehand. Well, all let day. me just ask one question because for me, you know, talk about experience and talk about you know um, using the full roster of your available players instead of Parmentier. Assuming Caro did say something like, "I can't, yeah. uh, don't put me out there again," you know, doubles is a different thing because the energy is different, and maybe I have a teammate or something, um, which is easy to understand as a spectator. But why not Alize Cornet? I mean, she's kind of you a crazy fighter. Well, I like. Her because she's unpredictable. Because Parmentier, and she had, gets up for big moments. Because I think Parmentier had had a pretty good experience in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. I believe had won the the second match both to keep singles, them in. But also, I believe that Courtney has never won a Fed Cup match. I a might me- be what? mistaken, but I read somewhere that she was like one twelve or oh, one thirty. Some players don't play so, well in Fed Cup. Exactly. Yeah. So As Arenka, not great in Fed Cup yeah. Yeah. through the years. Right? I was really hoping Belarus would would win um, at least. Me too. But just because I just because I think it's, it's cool, especially cool... two years ago when they first came on the yeah. scene, and well, they that were was the first time we saw Sabalenka. And Sabalenka, you're like, who's this Valkyrie out of Belarus? <laughs> She's I remember, 19. This I remember they played the United States, and Lisa Raymond, of course, was the U.S. Cap- yeah. uh, coach. And I said, "Oh, you guys are going to win so easy. It's like, who are you playing? You're not playing anybody." And she yeah. goes, "No." She goes, "She goes seriously." You have no idea. They're so good, these yeah. girls. I was like, whatever. Who? Sabalenka and Sasnovich? Yeah. Well, then, hello. Like, Sasnovich within 12 too, months, yeah. they're, like, unbelievable yeah. players. Both so in the so top like, 30, for sure. I was wrong. I well, take it back. That's, I mean, just from a spectator perspective, why Fed Cup is so exciting and why some of these alternative format matches are so exciting is because you get these unpredictable results for, for people. Some people really get up for playing for their country. Some they people do. really shit the bed for playing mm, for their country. They, and, you know, when you get to see a uh, rotating cast of surprises, oh, Caro's not going to play singles. It's actually going to be mm. Parmentier. It's exciting. It keeps you at the, on the edge of your seat because you don't know. Maybe this player is not having the best year, but they're going to really rise to the occasion, which is what I think Kiki I mean, Mladenovic Parmen- certainly did. Oh, absolutely. And to Parmentier's credit, she nearly turned the match around, match around in the second set. It was 
a literally one hair to turn it around when mm. she broke back. I could see Isla getting nervous. And that's where I respected Isla the most, that she was after the whole experience on the day yeah. before in front of 10,000 people. She just was like, nope, and put the foot, put her foot down. And yeah, that was, was really amazing to she see. Was, she was great. That's I was really happy. Can I just add one last thing to this little button? Because you do talk about so- certain players. That there was a player back in my day. Uh, you m- might not remember her, but she was from Austria. Her name was Barbara Schwartz. Oh, yeah. The greatest Fed Cup player in history. <laughs> Literally could barely win. Well, she did okay at the French Open one year and had an okay career. But you put her on a Fed Cup court. This woman beat everybody. Literally. <laughs> Monica Seles, Yelena Dokic when she was like top five in the world. We were up 2-0 against Austria in Austria one year with Barbara Schett and Barbara uh, Schwartz. But Schwartz was not the player in the first day. And we got up 2-0 and we were like, you know, at the hotel that night, like, we're going to win, we're going to win. <laughs> and all of a sudden, totally. Oh, we were, we were singing it like that. award to Renee yeah. And uh, the next <laughs> day, guess who came out to play? Barbara Schwartz. And took out Dokic on clay, like, in three sets. And we're like, what the fuck? And then we lost the doubles. And we, we lost 3-2. Wow. Because of Barbara. And she beat yeah. Monica Sellis in the same situation when she was playing for the U.S. And it was like she was just a player that was just, like, unbelievable in Fed Cup. And there were just some that are unbelievable and some can't win matches on the tour. Well, this kind of brings up some of the things that I want to talk about, just sort of recapping the year a little bit. Obviously, we're coming off of the year-end finals for the women. Ash Barty claiming the number one spot at the end, having a great run, uh, especially, like, in the fall. Fantastic year for her. Um, and the men are currently playing their... Uh, year-end finals in London. And I have to say what I love so much about this is seeing, again, who who steps up for these year-end moments and who's not. I'm, I'm watching the men right now. Zverev won yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tsitsipas won against Medvedev, which is uh, a match that he had previously gone 0-5. Mm-hmm. Team beat Federer. Do you think it's just the three-set thing in the men's finals that allows for sort of this variety that we see? Because obviously Zverev won, won it last year as well but he hasn't been able to really break through at majors. What is it about this sort of like condensed all eyes spotlight final run that you think some players really respond to? Well, I think it's indoors as well. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously poor old Rafael Nadal's never going to win an yeah. ATP Masters because it's always played <laughs> indoors. Yeah. Um, but but I think that's part of it. I think the three set format is obvious. I mean, this is why I sort of, you know, have this um, fight sometimes about the best of five in Grand Slams, you know, and this is why you you don't have the variety of champions winning uh, or players winning Grand Slams because mm-hmm. over five sets to beat a Novak or a Roger or a Rafa is just a bear because mm-hmm. mentally to be out there for three or four hours yeah. is so difficult. Yeah. Um, but, but which is why you see Zverev winning a lot of really big tournaments and not slam level because mm-hmm. mentally he just can't keep his shit together. Yeah. But um, Who can? But, I mean, <laughs> so I don't know. There's a there's an argument for that's why you best of three would bring in more champions to the sport as well and more names. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Obviously, with the women, we, we see that. That's why we see more women winning different Grand Slams because over three sets, it's possible. Yeah. But um, I think also, that's I it. Think and also, they're tired. Like, it, the top players are so I was just so going to say an age. Yeah. If you think about it, Rafa and Roger are the oldest mm-hmm. in the whole roster of the ATP finals and it's the end of the year. The men's play much longer yeah. than the women's. They're still do. playing. It's We're crazy. Done. It's way too long. Their season is way too long. Half of them are injured, half of them can't sustain throughout the quality. And the advantage they have, Novak, Rafa and Roger, they are so good that they have the privilege of scheduling yeah. their thing better. But still, late November 
it's hard to keep to sustain your quality. It's yeah. hard, and they are older. Roger's thirty-seven, what thirty-eight, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. He's yeah. always looked like he's thirty-seven. Now he's finally come <laughs> yeah, to his true. age. When he was eighteen, he already yeah. looked like thirty-seven. Yeah. You can and see him in like a cardigan. Like, yeah, and I feel like in twenty years <laughs> like he's grandma. still gonna look thirty-seven. Good totally. for him. Yeah. And Rafa, obviously, the way he plays, he's very physical. He wins, and that's also something to consider. Novak is somebody who wins matches one and one, and he comes off, and you feel like he hasn't sweat. If Rafa wins one and one, yeah, he's pouring sweat. He's still pouring one point sweat. In, he's he just broke three knees. He lost <laughs> one leg. He lost <laughs> half of his hand, and he's like coming out like a and warrior, probably like bleeding. Angels coming from yeah, his totally. head. So you know you have to consider also the way they are playing, and um, and, and I think that's it. when the young guys can can step up and take their chances when they show a little weakness and they smell the blood, and then they can can grab them by the you can say it penis oh oh I was, didn't well, see, well, didn't see that coming well okay so that would hurt a weight i don't know well, I, well i'm not a guy so i don't know send us well, your we'll answers to yeah. what hurts more well, grabbing your balls or your, your penis anyway dick kicks um uh i will say also <laughs> let's face it i mean yeah it's very prestigious obviously to win this tournament i mean it's the you know technically the fifth biggest tournament of the year but you know the rogers and Ruffers. And Novaks, they don't count how many end of year finals they win. No, they they, don't. they count the Grand Slams, and yeah. I, I, I hate to say that because it should mean something. But you know, when you after the U.S. Open's done, someone like Rafa and Roger are like, eh, pff, yeah. shut it down. I mean, you see it with Roger. Where does he play? Basel. It's not a particular prestigious tournament. Yeah, it's just it's in his backyard. Like, it's just oh, I live here. Yeah. I might as well win it. <laughs> yeah, twenty <laughs> again. Exactly. So you can see how yeah. little it matters to him in that way, where he's like. I'm not going to play any tournaments except the one that happens to be in my backyard. Well, let's talk just for a second about the year in finals. And then I want to bring up fashion because we have our illustrious really? fashion correspondent. Oh, yeah. Well, I have some thoughts per usual. And then mm-hmm. we were going to get to all the amazing questions that people sent in. And they sent in plenty, some of which we've already sort of talked about. But um, before we get there, one thing that I noticed on the women's side is like the same players year in, year out tend to really push hard in this last swing. And I have to say, like, Elena Svitolina, to her great credit, like, this is her favorite time of year, and she always does really well in the year in championships. Uh, why? Why <laughs> Svitolina? Like, what is this moment? Last year she won it. This year, obviously, she came very close. I, I don't know. The court speed, for me, is perfect for her. Mm. You know, it's slow. It, it's, it's medium pass, uh, mm. pace. Pass? It's a pass. It's a pass. It's a good surface. It doesn't bounce super high, so it's always in her hitting stri- and mm. striking zone. She likes pace. She can then redirect. She can use her speed around the court. It's very hard to hit winners on that court. Yeah. Um, so is I that think, why Pliskova maybe has a hard time there? Well, well, just no. Pliskova has has made the semis now three years in a row. True. Um, and has had good wins there, but she can't finish it off because she plays against a Svitolina mm-hmm. or a Sloane Stevens previously, even though she was up six love, two love, forty fifteen. But who's counting? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and then you know previously those types of players counterpunch her speed and make her play one more ball. Like yeah. you know she obviously beat Hallett, but that was six four in the third, and Hallett wasn't co- the confidence wasn't there for her after Wimbledon. Um, and physically with her back, she's been struggling. But mm. but I think that at some point, you know, someone like a Svitolina just frustrates the living daylights out of these top players, and it, mm. the ball keeps coming back. And yeah. But it is incredible. I mean, she lost that match against Ash in the final, but up until then, she hadn't lost a match she in the championships. I don't think she years. lost a set. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think she brings it on. And I mean, and who think, wouldn't want to try for yeah. six for four and a half fucking million dollars? Sure, oh, yeah, yeah. no, that's for sure. I think everyone would try. But I'll try. <laughs> put me in. <laughs> yes, but then to make <laughs> put me in. And coach. I think what's yeah. uh, what's not to 
what has to be considered as well is that these solid players, these counter punchers, are for some reason, I wonder if, if it has something to do with explosiveness of muscles, mm. they are much better able to keep and sustain their level throughout the whole year. I saw a really interesting statistics. It oh, was, here I think, we go. two years ago, sorry. No, I, mean, I love it. Professor Petkovic here. Where Wozniacki, so mm -hmm. they had a statistic of the four quarters of the year and how, man, how much percentage of matches she would win. And she was at an average of like 45 to 48 when she was playing fine. And then at a 51% of um, matches she would win. And every time in the fourth quarter of the year, she went up to 68. Which tells me, because she's a similar player to Svitolina, right? Same with Radvanska. Right? She was the same Radvanska, the, the same. Radvanska won Tokyo and, um, which was back Beijing. then, um, Wuhan. So Tokyo was one of the biggest tournaments and then Beijing a mandatory. She, won, she was the first player to win these two tournaments in a row, which was unheard of because at the end of the year, everyone's tired. Che hey, oh, by the way, check out her last... Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have not caught up in the feed, Radvanska <laughs> joined Renee in Shenzhen. Yeah, Shenzhen. Shenzhen. It was great, too. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And, um, and I think that these players are just have better abilities to sustain their level over the year, to keep their level... Whereas somebody like an Osaka who plays very explosive, very powerful tennis. Kvitova. Maybe she Kvitova, sucks at the end of the year. She had one good year where she won the year-end yeah. finals, yeah. I think. But she won everything that year. Exactly. She literally won six tournaments yeah. that year oh, and they're all indoors. So it's really Pretty hard, much. I think, for those players that are explosive players that play hard, like Pliskova, that rely on the one punch and especially the slower the courts get yeah. in the year-end finals, the harder it is for them. And um, and I've seen it year after year now. And I'm sure those percentages would be, you know, uh, peaks and valleys, right? Like exactly. certain tournaments they feel comfortable, certain surfaces, yeah. certain times when they exactly. feel energetic. Well, they like the faster courts too because, sure. believe it or not, everyone's like, well, a faster court suits someone like a Carolina or whatever and more, you know, Kvitova, which is true sure. if they're serving well. If they're not serving well, it's actually frustrating yeah. because the counterpunchers use that pace mm. to then redirect the ball. And, I mean, I think also at the end of the year, the big hitters – you know, you, you have to not get frustrated when you're a big hitter. You have to, okay, the ball's coming back. Yeah. Okay, keep grinding. Exactly. Sometimes you've got to keep grinding. And if you're and not... the mentality. Yeah, yeah, if you don't have the mentality yes. to hang in there, you're like, fuck this. Yeah. And you make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. This. You know, I mean, it, it's that's what it is. There's totally. a crossroads in the middle of a point where you're running for a forehand or running for a back and you're like, all right, should I drill this back cross court? Ah, fuck it, go down the line. Yeah, oh, exactly. I missed it. Oh, yeah. oh well. Yeah. Never but, mind. Uh, yeah. Where that kind of you get, just get annoyed by at yeah. one point where you don't get annoyed maybe in earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, but it's really interface. interesting to 
to look at that. But uh, she didn't win the tournament. Ash Barty did. Well uh, done hey, Ash. Ash, yes. Well, Ash I mean, but Ash is her. not a really a big hitter either, if uh, you consider. She plays like... She's a great. She's a she's just a so great smart all court player. Yes, yeah. all court player. She exactly. uses the slice. She has yeah. you know her backhand has definitely the two hander has improved. Mm-hmm. She drives her her forehand. Her she really gets brutal. you off the off the court. You give her a short ball. She comes in. She has a great yeah. serve. But she's not considered a big hitter. I no. would say. I, yeah, she's not you know, acing. Yeah. or or first strike. No, she's actually got a very big serve. I mean, it, it, well, it's, it's a great kick. I mean, for she's somebody also a great of her kick. height. She's my height. I know. I can't believe it. She's really. Oh, she's a little taller. Than no, she's five five. Really? No, she's a That's little bigger a than that. I, we can look it up. I don't know, but maybe, ma- maybe five. That's six. how I am. Hundred fifty pounds in my profile. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe when so I was Serena. five years old. Serena hasn't changed her her, her profile since I she mean, got on tour. Technically, either. we're not lying. No. I was hundred fifty pounds yeah. when I was five years old. <laughs> Shut up. We could weigh you now after your off season of beers and <laughs> oh my god! No, Ash just has a great Avocado service does. motion and she gets all the pop out of it and it's quick motion, so it's hard to reach. Yeah. It's a ball toss. Yeah, it's very bang, hard. It's no, technically, it's you, also beautiful. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, no it's, hedge. It's, it's, it's pretty pretty. pretty yeah, you're right. It's really really it's hard fast. to read. It's fast. Really hard. Yes, that's the that's you the you thing. Sort of see, so because you get you. ready, you see the ball, and all yeah, of a sudden boom. it's yeah yeah it's weird. You played her this year. I played her at French. her best. I when played, she I think I won played her at her French. best. I yeah. mean, that was a joke. Because <laughs> I was playing, okay, I didn't play, I definitely didn't play my best match. But you know these matches, when you, I had the similar experience with Osaka, where you know you're not playing your best, but you have the feeling, even if I did play my best, I'm, I would have probably lost four and four, yeah. not two, two and two. That's brutal. But I still don't think I could win this. And that's very, very rarely I have this feeling because I am somebody who can beat these big players. Yeah. But those were two. I had it also once with Serena. Um, those were the three matches where I played not great, but where I had the feeling, even if I did play my Best, best tennis. I yeah. probably would have still lost, easy, like, straight sets. Yeah. And it was really Aww. interesting to see. Wah, it's okay. Wah, I can poor. live with that. You, ha- you <laughs> have and you did. And you lost a French Open match to Ash Barty, who went on to, to win the tournament. Yeah. Obviously, her first Grand Slam. Hey, and then you it's you. It, whoever beats you at the French yeah. wins the tournament. Yeah, last year I lost in, in the third round to Halep, and then she won the tournament. Too. You should get paid. People should ask to well, be it's in your like part a perfect, of the draw. Petko's the perfect practice partner. No, I think I should get paid just regardless of anything, but nobody feels the <laughs> same way. Well, we're giving you a ton of money to do this podcast, right? Yeah, the fashion correspondent. zero money. Z- hey, hey, but hey. you are giving me a cold brew coffee. Yeah, well, I'm drinking it, though. No. Okay, um, can we briefly touch on my favorite topic? Maybe you guys have given this a lot of thought. Maybe you haven't. But I want to um, introduce two outfits as my favorite and least favorite of the year. Yes. And then I want you guys to tell me what you think. Okay. okay. I personally thought the... We have very different tastes, but go ahead. We do. I think listeners can draw their own conclusions as to whose taste they want to trust. No <laughs> no, no, commentary. No shots fired. <laughs> no shots fired. Um, the tool kits at the French Open from Nike with all those cool skeleton people, you it was sort that? of weird, but I thought it was really great. There was a lot of like black and white and a very sort of like strange print. And I think it looked good against the red of the clay. And I thought it was cool and weird. And I've seen civilians, a.k.a. me, me types, (laughs) who play on the courts for no money or glory and have painful forehands or whatever, um, look really good in it. So I feel like it was like a real high point of the year. Like I like that they kind of went weird. And I thought it looked pretty good. It looked good on Svitolina. It looked good on like Dan Evans. Like everyone who kind of showed Taylor Fritz pulled it off pretty well. I thought everyone kind of looked good in it. I agree that the black for some reason looks really good against the red of the clay. Mm -hmm. Like 
every time they bring in. Uh, I know it was a very controversial outfit, the Adidas with the zebra. Oh, the Y3. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. I mean, I kind of did too. And um, I spoke to one um, Adidas representative at that time, and he told me that they didn't really care. No, it's Adidas, not Adidas. Yeah, Adidas. Adidas. (laughs) Um, And he told me basically that this collection was something they didn't care how much. There was a... We talked about this, Caitlin, before. It was like a solely brand building thing where they were like, they just wanted to go viral on social media. They just wanted to be talked about. And um, they didn't really care how much it sold. And I think they really managed to do that. Everyone was talking about it. Either people hated it or people liked it. And I feel the same way because I was reading a lot on social media about that outfits. And people were either like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. They're going full goth. The Adams family is back. What's going on? But I do agree that the black looked really great against the red. Yeah, the zebra. I think the famous screenshot that a lot of people took was um, Team and Zverev playing against each other because mm-hmm. they were both sort of new to the scene and yeah. everyone was trying to like check them out and they kind of it was like, had the hype of like being an interesting preview yeah. of like what's to come and they're both wearing this like this. insane zebra outfit yeah. and everyone was like this is an atrocity or this is amazing yeah. which I thought was cool you, you, one, one, you, you, like you were saying this is so cool I'm I thought it was cool go uh, the it. second one I really your... like is the Adidas Parley the, the yeah. stuff that was at the that was last year's swim it was last year no 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 that's Palace Oh, Palace, yeah. You were supposed to bring me all of your Palace stuff. Yeah. Did I, you? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I'll think so. I've been asking fine. Petco for shit for years. No, I, I try to make my requests few. You know few. what I get? You know what I get? In my apartment, I, I'll like, I'll look at the mail. I'm like, what the hell is this? What have I ordered? You know, and then I'm like, this is so random. I'll open the package up. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't order this. And then I'll look at the label and it says, Andrea Petkovich. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? She's what is like it? ordering shit and it's a, it's turning up in my apartment. Wait, but yeah. is it for her or for you? For her. Uh, <laughs> I'm like minding her stuff <laughs> like in my apartment. Stuff. I'm like, God damn it. I know, I, you know, what was it? Some jacket one time. Yeah. And I like, pulled this jacket and I was like. No, no, no. The skirt. The plastic oh, skirt. Oh, yeah. The plastic skirt. That's right. It was a plastic skirt. Like a I'm latex like, skirt. Right. Wow. I know I order a lot of stuff online when I'm away. Like I order so much shit in China. That's like, fun. It's online, like Christmas so when you get back. And I, like, oh. it is. It's like what my, my next door neighbor whose name happens to be Caitlin. She's cool. Okay. She is very We're cool. We're all cool. Yeah. Caitlin's like, ah, uh, went into, like, she waters my plants. Thanks, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> she goes and waters my plants. She's like, ah, uh, you've got a lot of packages downstairs. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of put them away. Anyway, one time I came home and I opened it up and I'm like, I don't remember. Why would why would I order a plastic skirt? <laughs> was I drunk? I kind of want you to wear it now. And well, did I, I? Well, it fits me because we're the same size. Well, I love the skirt because I have a background picture of myself in that skirt on my phone. Okay. Yes. Well, hey. there you go. Well, and I was like, and then I finally looked at the package. People and have I saw their Andrea own Pekovic. selves as their screensavers on their phone. She didn't phones. even tell I me love though. You. That's amazing. She didn't even tell me. That's amazing. Um, Parley. Back to fashion. Back to fashion. The so. Adidas Parlay was this year's Australian Open. All the stuff that was made from recycled oh, yes. b- water bottles. And it was sort of sea foam green. And there was a beautiful, nice, like, little pastel pink offset. I, that I thought loved was really great. the concept. I really didn't like. Did you like the color? Yeah, I did. I thought I it was a flattering really color. Like but I mean, color. you know, I'm I one didn't person. I like the color. And also, I don't like, you know what I don't like? But that's maybe just me. I want it to be like tied to my body because I'm She 32. wants to show her hot well, body. Well, listen, that's, that's what she's trying to tell him. And, and I've still got an like I'm 20. I look amazing. <laughs> and people should know. And they give me these tops. <laughs> they're boxy. I'm just joking. Guys. She's not she's at so all not joking. <laughs> she's so not no. joking. 1,000% not joking. So either give me a longer top that I can put into my skirt so I can show off my waist or give me a crop thing where I can sure. still show off my waist but don't give me the middle thing where I can't put it into my skirt and I can't uh, show you know. so show my, my eight pack 
Exactly. Exactly. I worked very hard for this. Yeah, I know you do. I and know you do. You shouldn't have it. Okay. I do agree with you. Yeah, that's a. And certain people need that cut. Uh, but Petco's not one of No, them. me, I do. I'm no, like, I'm not oh, looking it, at you like that. It could be don't, anything. Could be don't take here. it personally. Oh no, no, I'm so just happen to be it. looking at you. But uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you think we can? I mean, I think the change the fashion of tennis. No, no, no. That's not that. I think the that uh, people are talking about environment. Greta Thunberg mm. is a big thing. Oh, we love. Her. And I mean, tennis has a real problem with the restringing of rackets, putting them into plastic bags. Every single sure. racket. There is a lot of things that I think tennis community could do to save a little bit on plastic, be a little bit more environmental friendly. So I was really glad to be part of that mm-hmm. Adidas Parley collection where it was like, let's at least bring out the idea into the sports world that we yeah. too can make a difference. If that's going to lead somewhere, um, that's that's the question. But just um, to, to create a little awareness that sports not... Um, it's part of society. It is an outward of society. No, and we, I agree. You know, I hate this when people are like, oh, don't sp- stick to sports. Why are you speaking about politics? It's not like tennis or not tennis sports is outside of society and yeah. outside of politics. Well, no, because what we're doing is we're, we're bringing, um, you know, awareness to what happens behind the scenes. Because a lot of the questions we get asked all the time is, you know, we want the behind the scenes yeah. stuff, you know, which we try to do at Racket um, is bring sort of the stories of what happens. And yeah, I mean, Rafael Nadal, every single player gets sp- Five, six, seven, eight rackets restrung every single day at a tournament. Yeah. So every day, five or six of those plastic bags go around those rackets. You see them when they go on the court and they take it out of the bag and yeah. they throw it and they give it to the ball kid and the ball kid throws it in the garbage. And chokes it's a like, dolphin. And chokes a dolphin. No, but I mean, <laughs> it's true. It's like, what? come on, like tennis yeah. community, let's come up with well, somebody, also, come yeah. up with a better idea of how to put these rackets. I mean, there's a kind of thing. plastic bag. Well, I don't. The thing is, all the uh, Sam Stoza reuses hers. Let me just say, she she often takes them back. Like like in uh, in Shenzhen, she she said to the stringers, "Oh no, he just put it in these bags again." Yeah. So, well, I mean, players it, can make an effort. I mean, too. so the thing is, what people say is right. If you play with a gut string, um, in order to protect the tension, you put it in a pla- in a bag that is basically not giving it out to the outworldly fractions, Oxygen, whatever. Sure, it yeah. might, exactly. But all the bags come with thermal parts in them. So yeah. I don't use plastic. I just put them into the part where the, it's thermo protected, yeah. I want to yeah. say. I probably yeah. it's not That's the right a, word. Amazing That's sounding. But yeah, well done. Thermo protected. Yeah. Trademark. So I just put it there. I don't need a plastic bag. And I'm sure it's just habits. And the thing is, we're already one of the. Um, we're not great on our carbohydrate footprint, I want to say, with traveling it's not all carbon. 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 But. <laughs> I'm trying here. You know, you eat carbohydrates. I'm a, no, I'm but the single-use plastic bottles that are on every single court yeah. and every single match. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's hard to imagine that that could be, you know, yeah. surely we couldn't get, be better. Yeah, like couldn't you get some metal bottles? I mean, like surely, get a swell well, sponsorship and, and say, get those things on everybody's Can I just say sports? also, I had this conversation literally with Sam as well in Shenzhen. We're coming, we're getting very grainy, and you know, let's not talk about the greens because Australia is literally on fire right now mm. um, with the climate change, um, and. As this podcast will go to air, hopefully my mom's house will survive yeah. because it's literally it's life and death right there in Australia right now, um, literally. And so, you know, we, we were talking about water bottles. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, you all think that water bottles stick in the fridge and they're cold? They travel. How many times have you seen like a big truck that's not, not refrigerated, has mm-hmm. all these bottles of water, and that shit is sweating, Okay, yeah. and it's got it's got sun beating down. You see these like at a concert, you know, and you see a th- billion bottles like being lined up to be sold, and they're sitting in sun. They're sweating, and what's sweating is 
toxicity into the water because Gross. of the plastic yeah. is melting into the water. Right. So you're getting carcinogens going into the water. And, you know, everybody's drinking that. They wonder why, well, why is cancer so high? Well, fi- are you kidding yeah. me? Every one of us is drinking water out of a, a toxic water bottle that's been sweating in sun somewhere in China. I mean, so, I mean, and that's happening on tennis courts every yeah. single day and Gatorade bottles and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So we have to be better. We ha- we got to do better. For and, yeah, and just one solution, and I think we can go back to tennis. Just put a, um, in Germany, you know, when you buy a plastic bottle, you pay a euro more. And yeah. then when you give it back, you get the euro back. So as for tennis, it's hard maybe to carry, you know, some p- people have to carry the metal or the glass mm-hmm. bottles. Wait, so who's just the girl that you were playing in um, Beijing that hurt her back? Do you remember the girl? Uh, Butskova. Butskova. Takes her own water bottle on the court every single time. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, like take my, I take my water bottle for practices always, but it's hard for, because you don't have anything to fill it up in in, uh, in the matches. But what I want to say, just put a container in where the players can throw in the plastic bottles and then recycle them, just bring them back, yeah. recycle them. That's just one instead change of going the into the Well, garbage, also, I mean, one of the biggest carbon footprints besides airline travel, beef, plastic, beef, beef. beef is But really you know bad. what's number one? Is clothing. No. It's clothing. Number one yeah. is having kids. Oh, really? That's the biggest environmental factor. Fuck so kids. of all the people sitting at this table, your fault. It's my fault. Yeah. I mean, we are at a less than replacement Seriously? level. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, Number but one I mean, come is on. kids. I mean, of course. It, what am I? Go- but technically, yeah. if we stopped having kids, everyone stopped having kids today, the world would die, but climate would be great. Yeah. <laughs> the animals would come back. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> if that is not the number one, then the one of the top ones is clothing. the creation of clothing. Just mm-hmm. the amount of water and waste that is produced and by clothing. Meat. And meat. Yeah, same thing. It's a waste of water in addition and also like what gets cut down to make them. All right. Um, well, we'll do okay. that podcast another day of saving so the world. So worst <laughs> clothing of the year before while I oh, have you. No, I get off clothing. I'm so bored with you, you and your clothing. Why? Wait, it's so important for word? people who I just want to see shorter shorts on men. We've yeah. already established that. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to see the men's legs. Let's go back to the Beyond Borg feeler days. <laughs> Agreed. Like the, you know, and see these guys' legs instead of it down to their ankles. I mean, knees. Um, and with the women, yeah, let's, uh, I don't know. But there's a lot of, There's a lot that can but happen. But did you have one in mind that was the worst of the year for you? Yeah, everything that Rafael Nadal wears, from the <laughs> tongues of his shoes to really? the really boxy shorts that make him look really fat to the sleeveless tops. You want to see him in a Speedo? I want to see him looking like with a lean silhouette. But uh, that's the... They've never gone out of the creation of the rivalry between Raja and Rafa at Nike, where they gave polo shirts and like yeah. pastel colors to Raja and like neon colors and sleeveless to Rafa to totally. underline the warrior against the gentleman effect. And then they forgot <laughs> that Roger changed to Uniqlo at Which, one point. Oh my God. That was my. Uh, okay, I, think you just I got it. it up. I got it. My worst outfit. Okay. For sure, of the whole year was Roger's U- Uniqlo outfit at the US Open. <laughs> Brutal. What was that again? Uh, he looked like walking poo the, <laughs> the brown one I mean, hey i have an outfit it was like horrible this. no that was br- that was yours is brown you look like a ups I'm driver a UPS he looked it, it was like green poo it yeah was, it, was it was bad awful diarrhea it's, it's so yeah. bad well yes. depends on what you ate the night before but yes um okay so that was my least favorite okay good good entry despite not wanting to or talk exit or, oh boy um okay should we get to questions yes yeah. Yeah, well, well, yes. Shall we? Okay. All right. I'll start with one for Andrea. Mike Taylor writes, I know Andrea Pekovic is a voracious reader. Has she read Duck's Newburyport? 
Oh, I haven't. And what did she think of it? I don't know what that book is. I don't but know tell either. us what you're reading anyway, because I'm uh, sure it's something good. I'm reading Paul Auster's New York Trilogy right oh, now. Wow. And I've been on a quest. I texted you, yes, I've been on a quest to find <laughs> the writers in New York, and I haven't found one, and it makes me so angry. Put it out there. What has your plan been to find the writers? Just well, like keeping your head just, on a swivel kind well, of thing? Well, I've just been just <laughs> hanging out in bookstores and in Cobble Hill, where all the Jonathans live. <laughs> you haven't, because if you had been in Cobble Hill, you would have seen at least you one Jonathan. So? Well, I heard also that um, Paul Oster is, lives in Prospect Heights, so the last three days I've been hanging out there, and I've seen. What zero do you just stand writer. on the corner? With well, a I sign? just hang out in cafes and drink a lot of green tea. I have a coffee in shock, <laughs> and just sit around and wait for clothes. the writers. I will, and I've, I will give anything for you to stand on a corner with a sign, just with their names on it, and to say, "I'm here looking for you. For Please come over and Jonathan. talk to me." Yeah, Jonathan. Hashtag Jonathan. Where are you? That's I, it. I, the only thing I can suspect, I mean, I told you I saw Zadie Smith, my favorite yes, New York and I haven't seen sighting. Her I see oh. her on occasion. I've seen her a couple times. Wow. Every time do I'm you, like, wow, that woman is her? beautiful. And then I'm like, she oh, looks so Zadie. great. Her skin looks amazing. She's luminous. I'm like, oh, it's Zadie Smith. Yeah. No, of course not. She's so. Because sitting Why don't you put up a sign saying, Zadie, I'm not on a quest. I, She's on the quest. I can't speak to you, but I'm here for you. I love you. Just yeah. like in like yeah. Love Actually, just hold up a sign. I'm reading Everything right now, and I'll tell you, it's the world is, we're fucked. Great. Yeah. Amazing. I'm reading about an alien invasion. So I'm oh, kind wow. of actually rooting for the aliens. I'm reading the uh, three-body problem Are we trilogy. all going to Area 51? Yes. <laughs> That's going to be the field trip after I, this podcast. I'm thinking I'm kind of hoping I'll be dead before all of that happens. You might. You're <laughs> so selfish. What about... The Caitlin's kid. That well, is well, that's the problem. The kids, the haven't we just, <laughs> the kids are the problem. Yeah, my kid. I feel, I truly, I seriously, uh, when I'm in China, I feel sorry for our kids' kids because this, the pollution yeah, it's terrible. in that country is so outrageous. And it's gotten much better. It's, <sighs> it's gotten much better. I know, but that just proves to you how bad this is. Yeah, I got pneumonia when I lived in China. My lung, you really? get, like everyone who lives there yeah, yeah. for a season gets a, well, lung, a lung ailment. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. And th- then the doctors were like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Everyone gets this. The first, their first winter in Beijing. Just like sit and I was through? Like, yeah. It was just like soot. It's gross. Oh, yeah. I read, I read about it that something when the uh, weather grows cold, something mm-hmm. happens to the pollution. And it just sits well. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't want to get into it because I'm, I didn't the check WTA, my scientific facts. The WTA trainers came back. Both of them are sick because I think that's what happened oh, really? to them. Too. Yeah. Anyway. You, people get hazard pay for living there. Okay. Uh, Ian Clark writes, and you, we love Ian. We Ian's love Ian. actually in the fire area up in uh, New South Wales. Well, Ian, so I Ian, hope you hope are safe. Okay, um, and your house and your home and your loved ones are okay. Uh, Ian Clark writes, and I'm going to address this to you, Renee. Can men stop wearing baggy knee-length shorts and model out? Tootsie Pots and Nadal. Yeah, there we Wait, go. Wait, did, did he shorts. listen? Did you influence him? Did you pay him to say that? I swear to you, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, he's just a big fan, and he's a big tennis fan, and he was uh, very big in fashion. See? Um, so He doesn't like the boxy no, shorts. No, he likes to see... Would you well, like to see I that would, too? I mean, I, if I was a designer, I would totally bring back the Bjorn Borg, John McEnroe era Did I not just men. say that? Even though I'm not the fashion correspondent. No, but I thought you just want them a little. But I actually want the yeah. short because if we yeah, have to said, show off shorts. our body all the time, yeah. Why shouldn't tennis they? player Why legs are great? They? We should see yeah. them. Yeah. Also, I have to imagine they're and the those baggy shorts. Never like kind of hashtag objectify them all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a Fed Cup question from M K Bromley. Mm-hmm. How do players feel about removal of home away games for Fed Cup? And how will this affect growth of tennis in their countries? So this is this final match between Australia and was last time. 
Um, we'll have a final in a home yeah. away. The change will now be a neutral territory. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's going to be in Budapest, um, mm-hmm. but I think beautiful it's also city. beautiful city. It, you will play home and away in the first tie, mm-hmm. and then the finals will be in Budapest. Where we, when I, I've, I've done, gone through a couple of different formats for Fed Cup, mm. and because uh, she's so old. <laughs> hashtag fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, the. First couple of years that I played Fed Cup was in Frankfurt, and uh, that was the last time Australia was in the final, actually, mm-hmm. 1993, a long time wow. ago. But we did play the same format where we played it all in one week, and mm-hmm. it was great. And, uh, you know, you still have that same pride and passion and for winning, but you lose that atmosphere of being home away. We actually played Germany and beat Germany in Germany mm-hmm. um, there, so we had that parochial crowd. Yeah. But um, I think that the ITF is trying to tweak as best they can to try and support help the players mm. play first of all play more as you know Andreas played m- millions of matches for Germany so to try and you know get more players to play mm. meaning like some of the players don't well, sit out I'll give sit you an example last year Karolina Pliskova and uh, Kvitova didn't play the finals for the Czech Republic mm-hmm. and they ended up winning but yeah. but mm. still at home they didn't play because they were injured mm-hmm. it's just too long yeah, serious so i mean for ash you know who as you said at the beginning good for her to go and play yeah but it meant so I mean, much to her I mean but, she but we a, won it. you know the thing is it's not a phrase people say that but i think to somebody who has played the whole season and i finished my season in october and i still think i could have used more 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 of a break a longer break to recover my body um I actually, it's not a phrase for me like good for her for playing. I actually mean that good, not good for her, but respect and good for her that yeah. she goes out there and, you know, the but would she do it year after year pressure. after year? Probably not. And that's that's yeah. the problem for the Czech team. They they've won it like eight yeah. times. Yeah, so we're end. Australia. All we haven't won it in so forty five years. So yeah. for Sir, for Ash, this was like a glory moment for her to maybe bring that cup to Australia, where we have a huge amount of history yeah. with Fed Cup and. You know, and Davis Cup and our country is very we are very you know we love our sports so for Ash you know to bring that back but next year and the year after then year after is she going to want to keep doing that I would say probably not just like for Petra and for Carolina it was, mm. became very very difficult so I think the way that the format is now we've lost a little bit of that and that's sad having said that the ITF also know this could be this is a very fluid situation and it could change in two years and we could go back to home and away ties. They're just trying to find a fix for not having the players play so much. And so the idea would be it is going to be in one neutral space. Yeah. It's kind of like a World Cup. All the teams, yeah. it's a playoff system. So everyone sort of would travel to a place, yeah. much like a so World Cup. So all the Cup Aussies can go Olympics. to Budapest. But that's really, there really is a trend this year, isn't it? The ATP launching the ATP yeah. Cup, the Davis Cup in, in the men's changing their format, <laughs> the Rod Laver Cup. So it's been really a trend that um, tennis officials, I want to say, or people in tennis, mm-hmm. the politicians of our sport are trying to bring more team sports into into the awareness to spread tennis a little more into countries and it always creates pro- changing things always creates problems on yeah. the other hand of the stick i guess i was reading we're well, closing the problem is we have way we, it's great because as a tennis player and an individual you love playing on teams mm-hmm. i loved playing team events you love playing team events it's like it's you don't get it very often so mm-hmm. to actually play on a team yeah. in a country is so awesome the totally. problem is there's like a thousand of them now so right. because and so and er, the problem is it's not tennis is, does not fall under one umbrella is mm. the ITF yeah. there's the Grand Slams there's the ATP there's the WTA there's tournament owners there's mm. 
you know, Octagon and IMG yeah. and it's like everyone's no, it's got a finger a in every single pie. Fiefdoms, and really. the problem what? is they're all trying to, I mean, I'm just going to say it. They're all trying to fuck up over each other yeah, totally. with who has the biggest team cup event now. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, guys, like seriously, like that's the biggest issue for me is that we could do so much of a better job, tennis, of branching all of us together mm-hmm. and making it bigger and making more money. But the problem is everyone's trying to cut a piece of the pie and yeah. it's diluting. Sometimes it's diluting certain events and totally. it's, it's a bummer. Well, I think the real, the events that have really taken a hit with the creation of all of these exhibition matches and obviously the rejiggering of Fed and Davis Cups, which m- means more to certain players than others, um, are like the day in and day out tournaments. You'll notice when yeah. everyone is advocating for more equal pay or higher pay or, you know, all those pay negotiations are about the slams. They're not about, like, who's getting paid what in a mandatory, right? Yeah. And so to me, what I like very much about tennis is not necessarily the slams. I like the tour of it. I like the fact that this group of players goes from one far-flung beautiful the place band to of another. merry women. Kind but- of, yeah. And I think it's cool. And, and obviously it's the best events in my mind are the ones that have both genders. I love the fact yeah. that there's a mixed yeah. event. I love mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of these exos, you do combine genders. In the next issue of Racket, which we're closing now, we have a story about the world team tennis creation, but specifically the, the creation of a team called the Soviets. Mm-hmm. And it happened during like the early 80s when like hostilities between communist era you know the soviet union and the states were like at a high obviously the the backdrop of the boycott of the moscow olympics was sort of being um talked about but this was like a beautiful brief moment where everyone was kind of like this could be cool this Mm. was amazing and it actually sort of thrived before it ended up dying a terrible death so this isn't the first time (laughs) that like that part of it i mean the world team tennis is still around kind of um but you know this sport has been grappling with this for a long time and for me it's like there's two very simple solutions, one of which is join the tours, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you have I agree with essentially that. you have a collective bargaining power, mm-hmm. and then you can say, well, both the tours, the all the men and women, the women. The men don't want the women. Yeah. Well, Mo- yeah, mostly. I mean, the mostly, yeah. amount of times I have heard, well, why do women earn the same? Well, they should, the men are playing best of five, the women are... I would give every money that I've ever earned in tennis back if we would get the equal pay in the tours and get slightly less in the Grand Slams because nobody understands we don't have equal pay. Yeah, Women earn much less. I want to say a third less, maybe half less than men do. The only thing what we have is equal prize money in four of the biggest tournaments. Mm -hmm. And then we have to listen, but the men play best of five. And I agree, I would gladly give away that right to have equal prize money at the Grand Slams if I could have equal prize money at all the other tournaments because we as women would earn much more on a constant basis and it would be a whole different story. But like this, nobody ever really agrees. Nobody ever gets on our side because we the men play best of five and yeah. we only play best of Which three. is one of the many reasons I think getting rid of best of five would be totally well, shut everybody no-brainer. Up. And then they're like, well, everybody up. Everyone's it's boring, like, it's too long, it only benefits certain players. Oh, and then, but then there's the opposite uh, com- conversation. It's like, well, you know what? Then uh, women will play best of five. Who wants that? No. I mean, come on. Like, you know, the women final, can play best of five. We had it at the WTA championships. It's the stupidest thing to do to tennis. Yeah. It's yeah. so yes. dumb. It's like, 
the, guess what? The women don't have the big serves. They don't have the power of the men. The men's matches can be quicker. It's like maybe, and also the 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 speed of the surfaces has slowed down. So you get you can't have a best of five match that takes under two Halep, hours. No. Whereas like on grass, you actually could have. Yeah, but and Wozniacki played three and a half hour yeah. women's final. Can you it imagine was longer than the men's and the men's was five sets? Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. but now think about um, think about the new generation who's grown up on YouTube videos that last two to three minutes. Yeah, you think they're going to sit through? Yeah. And we have to think about the new generation. Of course. Everyone is dying. And to the sport's great <laughs> credit. Of climate People change. are having kids. <laughs> Caitlin. You know what? Everyone should live in a metropolis where public transit and resource-intensive heating and cooling costs are amortized by huge, oh. high-density living. <laughs> so that's my answer. Just stop. The overpopulation problem is uh, it's on Asia. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> And that's it for this episode of the Racket Magazine podcast. Thanks for listening. Our host is Renee Stubbs. Our co-host and producer is me, Caitlin Thompson. Music by internationally renowned DJ Stretch Armstrong. Thanks to Tim Ruggieri and the team at Acast. Find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.